What's up, everybody? We are back for another episode of Titletown, South Florida, the Miami Herald's high school sports show, where by episode six, we are continuing to roll into this high school season, especially the high school football, which is heating up as we get closer and closer to the postseason. Once again, my name is Andre Fernandez. I'm the Miami Herald Deputy Sports Editor, joined this week, as always, by my co-host, David Wilson. We've got a big show in store for you, so we're going to tell you right away what we're going to have for you. Some big games last week, if you missed it, and you counted out the Northwestern Bulls, you were wrong because they are back. Their quarterback is back. They put themselves right in the mix for the playoffs. We're going to go over Southridge's big win over Homestead. We're going to go over a big win for a young program at St. Brendan that's on, that's on the on the come up these days, the, the Sabres, with a huge victory. And then David and I are going to break down every region, every every class of in South Florida, containing South Florida teams, to kind of look at where things stand so far as we get closer to the playoffs. This week, we're going to tackle classes 4M and 3M. And then in our next episode next week, we're going to look at 2M and 1M. And David, can you believe it? We're only a month away from the playoffs. This thing snuck up on us real quick. Yeah, it kind of always does, doesn't it? Um, yeah. we, uh, once you get into that district season, right, it, it, it's all of a sudden you, you get to the end pretty quickly. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I'm, the thing here in South Florida is we have so many good teams that, you know, in some of the smaller counties in the state, like, it can end quickly, but just because we're a month away from the playoffs doesn't mean we're close to the end of the season. We're, we've got we got two months of games left uh, still to, to watch out for. Yeah, and the best yet to come, of course, because yeah, now exactly. the games get more meaningful. I mean, everything is on the, at stake now. You kind of see the intensity level ramped up this past weekend, and I think you're going to see it even more, like you said, in the in the weeks to come. So let's dive right in. And, and first off, we're going to head over to Traz Powell Stadium, or the Mecca, as the voice, Mr. William Wilcox calls it. Where, North, like we said before, the Northwestern Bulls made a statement that they needed to make, beating Booker T. Washington 26-7. to The score a little more lopsided than it really was. There was a couple of late touchdown runs there at the end by, by the Bulls, but really the difference maker was Teron Tiger Dickens, who came back after what ended up being, he said, was a, a, a shoulder injury. A lot of people thought it was a collarbone thing. It was actually a, a sprained AC joint, so that's why he was able to come back as soon as he did. Made all the difference in the world. He threw a, uh, two touchdown passes to Rashad Davis. Here's one of them. Take a look. And the Bulls added on as well as that. They were basically having Dickens back. The way he can run the ball and throw the ball accurately, it opened up their whole offense, which they were missing for the past couple weeks. Marlon Cochran had a big run, kicked King Davis with another touchdown late. They combined for over 200 yards on the ground. The win was crucial for them because you looked at a team where they were about maybe on the fringe, hoping to maybe get a seven, eight seed in the region, to now all of a sudden they're probably going to be the two seed because they clinched the district title. The Bulls, the Bulls will tell you they never went anywhere, but really the Bulls are back, David. Yeah, again, I, I, I think we all figured as soon as they got healthy, this team was going to be really good again. Um, they got healthy and they look really good again. I'm, again, they, we saw them. I, I was very impressed with the, I, I said it last week. I was impressed with the way they hung with Columbus, even with all their injuries, obviously they, they get, a little, get beaten up a little bit by central, but back at full strength, this team is uh, once again, I, I think we, you got to view them as a state title contender. They're fully healthy. We'll see how they do against central if they're running them in the playoffs, but uh, yeah, they, they never went anywhere. They're, 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 they're really good. Yeah. So, side note, Teddy Bridgewater, after the Dolphins game, got to talk to him a little bit. And uh, he thinks if there is a rematch, which you and I 
you know, are pretty sure there will be a rematch. It would be probably in the regional finals at this rate. He, he likes their chances with Tehran in the lineup. I mean, I don't know because Central's on been playing the way they've been playing on kind of on another level. But I do think it will it won't be forty two to seven. I think it'll be a much yeah, better exactly. game just because of the way he opens it up for them. I mean, they they just have so much better rhythm on offense with him back there, and 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 it showed. And and let's take a look now. I was able to actually talk to Tiger after the game, and he he gave us a little clarification on his injury and how much it meant to them to to get back in the win column. Tiger, what, what were these last couple of weeks like? I mean, not being able to play, but but now finally getting on the field today. What were these last two weeks? Was it like just frustrated and not being able to be out there? Uh, yeah, it was frustrating to me seeing me let my guy down by not being out there to help the team put up more points on the field. And my coach was just pleasing me. Trust the process. He would be back sooner than you think. And it was God's work. God did what he did. Let me get back out there and start so with that first throw, that first first down, what that feel like tonight to get back out there? Uh, I, was, I was already back in rhythm. I had gotten the rhythm back in practice the week before, and that's this week we were just working it, working it. And I just told coach, just get me comfortable, get me back in my groove. We gonna do what we do, and that's what we did. You, you guys knew, right? Like this was like a, kind of almost like a playoff game. You had to get yes, this. Yes, sir. One. My coach preached to me this was a playoff game all week before he even preached to us. I was already knowing that this was a playoff game. Just because I didn't want to waste my CNC, so I already know I was in film all week, locked in, stayed focused the whole week, made sure we did not plan practice. We didn't even have the last two days of practice on the field. Just told him I can't get in the field, do what we do. What, what did it feel like to, you know, coming back off of last week to kind of make a statement like that, to beat a team like that, and kind of tell people that Northwestern hasn't gotten anywhere, the Bulls are still here? Well, uh, we knew on film that they wasn't that good how they thought they were because of the record they had. They didn't play anybody, and they thought that they played Century better than we did, that they were going to come out and beat us, and not knowing that I didn't play against Century. So, regardless that, that's all they thought. Back and um, your defense on the other side, Locking it down. I mean, just giving up that one score at the end, but pretty much not letting them do anything. What do you think about what the way they played? Yes, sir. We worked it all. We can practice. I told them all we can practice. Play hard. We're going to do what we got to do and just hold it down for us. And that's what they did. They did their job. I love the trash talking there. At the end. They, were, they weren't that good. You know, they, they thought they were better because they hung with Central better than we did. I mean, don't you love that? That's like the honesty. You don't get it at the other level. Exactly. Every one of these interview clips we play, I'm always like, ooh, imagine if they said, if like a, an NFL player had said that. Uh, it'd be bulletin board material for sure. Yeah, so like if, yeah, if they get a rematch, well, I guess they could, they could play again uh, at some point down the road here. Um, yeah. This, depending how it, the play, the, because two weapons so stacked. We'll talk about that next week, I guess. Right. We'll talk next week. But th- but at the same time, just to give people a, a taste, yeah, like you said, if, if we're thinking a regional final matchup, there's still a chance Booker T will more than likely get in the playoffs, and there could be yeah. maybe a second-round rematch between those two, definitely. But uh, we're going to go a little a little different now with a different game that the two teams we don't normally talk about a lot, if at all, here on this show. We haven't, and it's good because we like to expand and branch out and talk about a few new teams. And that's St. Brendan, who came up with – they're only a fifth-year program, won their first-ever district championship, chip, beat another team that a few years ago was really, yeah. really – probably the worst team in the state, Westland Hialeah. They've come a long way under Coach Joe Gross, but they weren't able to get it done on Friday. They lost 14-12, to 12, nail-biter. Two pick-sixes, one by Luis Lugo, another one by Pablo Pena, provided the points for the Sabres. A lot of turnovers by Westland. Here's a clip of one of them, Kevin Torres with an INT, uh, first St. Brendan, courtesy of our intern Peyton Titus, who covered the game. And there, that one big play of many that the Sa- that the Sabers were able to make, and 
like we said, I mean, they're, they're in class two M too. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. it'd be an incredible, even more of a huge upset for them if they were able to pull it off later on down the road. But the fact that a young program like Steve Smith's, who he said, we'll see a, an interview for him in just a second. But uh, he, he talked about it. He barely had nine players on his roster when it, when he first took over last year in the spring. And to go from that, now he's got 57, he says. It's a building block to get a victory like this. What you got to understand is last year, um, when I, I took I took over this program last June, uh, so I've been here about a year and a half now, a little bit a little bit more than a year, I guess a year and a half. But at the end of the day, I started with nine guys here, and uh, right now we have 57 on our roster. We were, we were two and eight last year. We got you know we had a lot of ninth graders and tenth graders playing, and. Uh, so what it means that the work that they put in when we started at lifting in December in the weight room, the work that they put in from December all the way through the through spring ball or through the summer, through every, you know what I mean, and just just coming together as a team and and work just just the work that they put in the conditioning that we do every day the the lifting, it's it, so it means a lot to the it means a lot to these kids. It's a it, it's a great step for this program. Um, First time, first time we. Re- this is the second year being in a district in the FHSAA. So first time they've ever, you know, won a district championship. So it, it's a it's a big thing for this program and for these kids. The, the just the work that they've put in. It's I, I I love that you know that they were able to reap the benefit you know of the, of the reward. So that's what it means. Yeah, and then there are obviously like staff and faculty and students, even in the student section, who are like getting really into it. And I could hear them say, "I can't believe it! I can't believe it!" Yeah. What does that kind of support? I guess. Do well, for you guys? what it does, it just—I mean, to to me, it, it you know, it brings the whole school together. The 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 spirit of the school, it, it, you know, the 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 camaraderie of the school. The kids here, the kids here are great kids. Working here every day, it, it's a, it's a blessing working here every day. Um, it's a it's a great place to come work at, but. The, the kids all get along, and, and this just helps tighten bonds and, t- you know, just the camaraderie and, and, and to the school and, and to each other. I mean, they have a beautiful stadium. Yeah, they have a really, nice, they have really nice, nice facilities yeah. there. Yeah, they've made a commitment. They really have as a school to, to, to make football a thing there. And, you know, something like this is just another step for them. And what I, I, I talked, they talked to Coach Smith today and, and let him know if he, you know, to watch the show. And, you know, one thing that's funny is if they get to ever to the point where they get even more to that competitive level, more success, it'd be great if they put together a game with their next door neighbor and, 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 and maybe, you know, that, that you know, that'd be well attended. They wouldn't even they wouldn't be able to put it there. They'd have to move it probably to Tropical or even FIU with how many people would probably show up. Yeah. Yeah. That, like you said, those state facilities are really nice. I remember a couple of years ago, Miami, uh, University of Miami used it uh, for some scrimmages um, and like the, in the spring, and, and obviously they do that at a lot of times, some of the, the nicest facilities in the area. Um, you know, this team has actually had, like you said, first year in the district, so they haven't played this level of competition necessarily in the past. But this team, two, three years ago, had a nice run. I think the COVID year that they won eight games the year before playing. Again, they, they were playing as an independent in the GMAC Independent League for a little while, won 10 games one year. Um, so yeah, they, they've made, like you said, a commitment. They've had some t- really good players there. Richard Dandridge, who's at, uh, Homestead now, um, was there as a, a I think as a sophomore, uh, Damari Charlton, Southridge's quarterback was there. So, you know, like every school in South Florida, transfers are a factor. Um, but they've clearly, like you said, there's an appeal to playing there with those facilities. And obviously 
uh, to win a district against a Westland High League team that, like you said, a couple of years ago was maybe the worst in the state, but has a lot of talent on that roster now. Um, you know, two of the more impressive coaching jobs, I would say, by, by those two coaches this year to turn those programs into, you know, playoff teams, playoff contenders. Yeah, where well, people maybe don't even know, like a lot that maybe on the outside that aren't followed as closely, Westland, I mean, there's even kids, uh, Jamari Howard, I think that uh, has an Alabama offer. I mean, they're, right. they're still on paper. They still on paper probably have a better team if you look at it than St. Brendan. So it's a tremendous win for them just to pull this one off and kind of build build off of that. So, you know, congratulations to Coach Smith and St. Brendan. We'll see how far they can get beyond that. But another team that opened some eyes this week, and you were there front and center, David. You saw, you saw it happen. Came down at Southridge when the, the Spartans shocked the status quo, beat Homestead 20-8. to It's their first district championship since 2018, and they, they, always, they look good doing it always with those all-black uniforms, always have that. When they're good, they have that little extra, maybe a little extra intimidation factor. We saw Damari Charlton had a great game as well at quarterback. Here's a clip of his touchdown to Glenn Smith. And later, Charlton, sorry, would end up getting uh, over 200 yards passing, completed 17 of 27 passes. Here's his other TD toss to Cameron Owens. Sounds like someone was really excited about that score. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so much I mean, so that was... big, big, big rivalry game, right? It was, it was intense out there. Um, yeah. Homestead dinged up. You know they're missing their quarterback, Josh Shouts, and we talked about that uh, last week. Um, clearly, you know, affected the game. Southridge punched them in the mouth, though. Was uh, Demar Charlton said after the game, and uh, Homestead down thirteen uh, nothing in, in the first five oh three. Uh, it was really tough for them to come back without being able to run the kind of offense they're used to. But that's that's what Southridge wanted to do. Um, and the, the way they scored on Homestead, I know they only scored 20, but all that came in the first half I thought was, was very impressive. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you look at what they've been able to do, this is a program with a rich history. Yeah. You know, a, you know, former state champion more than once. I mean, only, only six years ago when they had Mark Pope and, and that great defense, Antoine Collier and those guys. And they're able to get it done when Billy Roll was the coach back then, and and you, and you go further back with the Don Solinger days when they were they were the best team in the nation in 1994, got upset in the final, but they were able to win the year before that. So Pierre Senatus has done a great job already, you know, ahead of schedule of what probably they were hoping for. And I got a chance to sit down with him and talk a little bit to Pierre, you know, a good friend of ours, and has been you know at it since his days at Booker T, was at MacArthur and then Miramar, and they got a chance to coach at the college level for a little bit with Ice Harris at Florida Memorial. Here's a, the, the chat I had with Coach Senatus about the success the Spartans have had so far. We are here with Southridge coach Pierre Senatus, a man I've known for a long time in this, uh, in, in our profession of the media, his in coaching. Um, and this week, you know, we were really happy to see um, for his sake, because I know he's, he's come a long way as a coach and, and to see his team Southridge come up with a huge win the other night against Homestead. Really even... I'm not sure if maybe, you know, some people, I mean, the word out there is ahead of schedule because people knew you would turn things around little little by little over there, but we're surprised to see how fast it's something like that was able to happen. But, you know, uh, you talked about in, the, in Media Day, Coach, about um, rebuilding the program at a school with a lot of rich tradition, a lot of big legacy over there. You know, they six years ago, there were state champs. And, you know, we know the history goes back to 
you know, the Don Solinger days back there in the 90s. And, and you know, a lot of proud tradition there. And it, tell, tell us a little bit about that. What, what did that feel like to get that first, you know, major step in terms of a victory uh, last the other night? Man, to God be the glory, man. It was just an uh, awesome experience for the for the young man. We've worked really hard. Uh, we've had some really close losses that have been, you know, sometimes uh, almost necessary in the progression and learning. Um, and we just talk about just uh, appreciating the moments and being prepared for those things. And, uh, you know, a double overtime loss and, and a tough loss to uh, uh, St. Pete, uh, Lakewood. Um, and, you know, but uh, we've been progressing, progressing, progressing. And you've seen the buy-in. Uh, from from practice, from the strength and conditioning component to the meeting room to just the detailing the scouting report, just everything they just seeing the growth um, of these men and understanding how important the the, the devil's in the detail and um, not missing um, you know a, a rep in practice and and seeing it come to fruition because sometimes people don't see the work until the win comes to, to to fruition and for them to win against a really really talented homestead team. Uh, Simpson again has been doing an awesome job in uh, you know developing that program and having tons of Division One guys on the field um, and 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 just the, the the neighborhood and they know each other was also uh, really rewarding when you get the lineup against your friends and your peers kids you grew up playing youth ball and went to middle school with and I know that coach and I know that parent and I know that kid and uh, just the familiarity of it all and makes it a high school rival. That's what makes high school football so special. You see it on Saturdays when they're tearing out goalposts. And for us Friday, when, to, you know, exit one can come down to, you know, well Roos and we can be at Southridge Park, you know, in front of a thousand fans uh, and, and play big time football in South Florida. And it's a great, great, great uh, uh, game and an experience that, you know, we, we don't take lightly. And again, um, just, you know, it was a dominating win, you know, defense pissed a shut out. We gave a special team score. And we're going up 20 early and just kind of uh, just just hitting a stride. And, you know, things just really, really clicked early in the game. Um, and I think it, it was just proud of how they executed throughout the entire night. Tell, tell me about that, because we I think we talked about that, too, on media day. You mentioned the familiarity, the neighborhood. One of the goals I know was, especially nowadays, where there's so much player movement, transferring and everything. One of the goals was keep kids at home, keep kids that, that you know, that go would go to Southridge to go to Southridge. And how's that process been like? And, you know, getting those kids to buy in, like you said, you know, obviously that's a big part of it. I mean, we're still uh, chipping away at that. You know, it's definitely um, on the front front. I mean, on the forefront of our administrators minds. So it's something that we discussed before we even uh, touched the football, you know, sitting with the brain trust here, we wanted to make sure that, we're keeping the elite talent uh, mentally and physically. You know, we want our student athletes um, that can be great leaders in the building, in the community, and on the field, um, and f- galvanizing a game plan to, for them to realize that. And it's still a process. They're still trusting and, and, and trying to trust me and uh, the direction we're doing. Like today, we're you know, Business Monday, we're in shirt and ties and, and dress shoes and you know, what that, that process and understanding you're going to travel like that collegiately in the business of football. It's a billion-dollar business. And if we're going to be involved in it from NLI to to being a scout, to be an agent, to scholarships, that this is financially a business and there's an approach to it. And we want to have that mental approach when we dress on Monday and understanding that and attacking that. And I think there's been buying to that and keep attacking the middle schools, attacking the parks, all part of our plan here. Um, and, you know, having um, youth parks here, we had Cannonball, um, which is a local park right here in, in, in our community in Ghouls. And then we had Ghouls Park there as well. Uh, so those student athletes were able to see 
Southridge beat Homestead and, and all that was calculated. It could have backfired. It could have been uh, on the other end, but it worked in our favor this Friday night. And, and those parents were there. Those kids were there and they're always going to remember um, the evening that, you know, Southridge and seven and mostly eighth graders and seventh graders were able to come to the games and, and participate. Uh, so those are just all things that were always, always in the forefront of our minds on how to uh, create that culture. We want them to be part of these experiences. We want, again, high school football to mean something uh, here. And, and, you know, when, when your administration gets that and your parents get that, um, it makes it a great place to be. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, Southridge football has always been um, just a, a landmark destination program. Um, and you kind of buttoning up the transfer component of it. Uh, they, For me, it's always been about servicing. You know, from uh, the teaching, from football to, uh, you know, your aspirations and goals, but the small things like pregame, you know, I still take pride in making sure they're getting the best meal we can provide for them before a game, something after the game, um, in the weight room with the guys, making sure we're, we're, we're teaching the proper techniques for them and, and the importance of lifting through a season and fighting through the soreness. And so when they see the coaches are there and investing time, effort, energy, resources into them, okay, this is a place where I can see myself. I want to graduate. I want to finish with these guys, my teammates, my peers. I'm, I'm getting everything I, I need. I'm getting the academic resources. You know, this, the school doesn't uh, pinch any pennies academically. Um, the coaches are giving me everything I can want and need, um, you know, from teaching, from knowledge, from strength and conditioning, from ex exposure experience. So when you compare apples to apples, you know, I'm, everything I can ever want and need is right here. And then we went on top, and that's how you, that's how you keep them home. Coach, who shaped you into a coach you are today like that, like bringing that sort of, you know, that that discipline, though, the, that tradition that, you know, that 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 philosophy, you know, that you have not just for, you know, X's and O's on a football team, but to run a program like who really instilled that to you when you were starting out? I mean, just um, I got to go back to, you know, my, my coaching roots. Um, and and I, I think that's the been most um, eye opening experience that, you know, at, at what we did at Booker T. Washington was really, really special. You know, Ice, you know, was, was just a mentor father figure for us. And even other men like Sheldon Hanks and Ben Hanks and how they wrap themselves around the Overtown community. I mean, that's impacted my life, uh, you know, just tenfold. And, um, you know, unfortunately, the passing of Earl Tillman, who, you know, really focused at coaches. You're doing a great job, but you can't forget that we owe them academically. You know, you, you can be the best position coach and the best, you know, coordinator and head coach. If that's what, what you want for your future, but you're doing them a disservice if you don't challenge them and hold them accountable academically. So the, just the, the work ethic of, of, of Coach Harris is just outrageous. You're not going to find a person that's going to be – you're not going to outwork him. I don't care what you do. You, you, if you wake up at 5 or wake up at 4, you wake up at 4, I mean, he's, he's outrageous. And just his dedication to discipline and excellence is incredible. And like I said, the Hanks family, what they do in Overtown, the, the, the servicing – just getting on your knees and hands and servicing your community. Um, you know, you just got, not going to find men like that. Um, what they do day in and day out. And then you talk about, like, like you said, the coach Timmons and, you know, coach Harris jr. And hip, I mean, just the ton of men have gone through there. Um, so, I mean, just really uh, built a community um, and making a community base and, and being genuine that not caring how, what people may say or think um, you, you see, like, you see like a touring being back and those guys, it's, it's, the winning is awesome, but it, it really means you're something to be part of, uh, um, something bigger than yourself. And that, that's kind of where we, we, we really um, where I'd adopted that that philosophy and, 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 and took heart to it and been able to execute that. Yeah. 
and uh, perfect segue because I was going to ask you, you know, the timing of this. You guys have this huge win. You win the district, and here comes Booker T. Here comes your mentor. You know, your mentors, plural. And what, what kind of special meaning is that going to take for you beyond just the game and beyond just being another opportunity for your young kids to, to to take on a team like Booker T? But for you personally, I mean, you're going to be able to line up. You know, I I, don't, I think I don't think it's the first time because I think you did this Second when you time. were at, at Miramar, right? I think MacArthur or at MacArthur. MacArthur. Okay, yeah. yeah. But I mean, time. when you do, you know, what what's that like? That reunion and to be able to kind of have a game like this. I mean, we see each other all summer in seven on seven. So we, we've already gotten gone through that. And like I said, it's going to be uh, no um, no reunion. It's going to be it's going to be war. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's not going to be we're going to shake hands at the 50 and it's going to go. Let's go at it. Um, and it's uh, the business mentality. That's what you respect and that's what you ex- anticipate. It's only going to strengthen us. So I think that the challenge of playing a program that has the story tradition, that has the multiple state champions, has the history of Division One athletes and um, understanding this is what it takes to to continue to progress in the tournament of champions. We call it tournament of champions, the playoffs. It's a bracket for us. And so when we see it ourselves in order to continue to advance in that bracket, um, if you're not battle tested going into that, it may be a quick exit for you. So the challenge of playing those kind of programs that have the discipline, the structure that's going to be as conditioned um, as, you know, as sound uh, strategically only benefits our young men. Um, win, lose, or draw. We're going, we're going for the win. We're going for the headshot, but, you know, obviously the, the challenge of playing those programs prepares us for those for the playoffs itself. And that's what it's about here. You know, like I said, it's, it's, it's great to have the district um, kind of tied up early. Uh, but, you know, you look, you walk through the hallway and they do a great job of the history here of exemplifying it and highlighting it. And you see the Solinger, you see the Grindola years and you see the roll years. I'm like, OK, all right, let's go, man. There's the big, there's uh, big uh, shoes and shadows in these walls. And everywhere, literally every corner, and the head coach being a football guy is himself. I mean, excuse me, the um, the principal himself, you know, playing and, and coaching and having his own tradition and history. So it's it, the challenge is definitely, definitely um, welcomed. And I think the the students are starting to realize this is why the schedule was challenging because it's just not about the district. It's just not about the name. It was one of our goals, though. We talked about our early season goals is obviously to win the district. Uh, we want to win the South. We want to run the South. That's one of the big things we talk about. We go, we, we're going to own and run the South. You know, if ands or buts about it. So playing everybody south of the airport in Flagler, we have to win. That's one of our goals. Um, then, you know, a state title, you know, and then the last one is, of course, uh, reaching our post-secondary dreams, whatever that may be, the, the service academies, military, you know, Division One, Power Five, Group of Five, you know, scholarship, free education, whatever those secondary goals may be. Those are the goals that we must achieve. And so that's kind of, again, the buy-in to, the, to, to, to building the program the right way. And so them understanding that a state title is also one of those goals. That's the last goal. Okay, we talked about winning the South, check. Winning the district, check. Making the playoff, check. All right, now we got to go win a state title. And if we don't get to that point, it's maybe a little disappointing because it's been done several times. It's on the walls. It's, on the, it's in the front of the school, the back of the school, and the trophy cases. Uh, so you yeah. can't make a left or right without seeing it. Well, I've asked this to people before, but um, why is it that man steps one foot into Overtown? You know who I'm talking about, Ice Harris, and it's like a it's like a switch flips, and that school just, you know, look at look at what they've done like from one year, and he's done it. This is the fourth time now, where right. it's just it like just I said, the um, the laser intensity and focus and understanding um, how to get everything out of a person and demanding it consistently. 
Um, it's 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 different. You know, people talk about you know it could be you could try to duplicate, um, but if you don't have that work ethic and just the um, the will and passion, and I think it, it means more to him there as well. So I think he again, there's there's a I owe the community to give it everything I have at my best. If I'm not at my best, I can't do it at my best. I won't do it. Attitude, and that's how he takes it and approaches it. Um, and it comes with it may the exterior may come off as really rough, and but it, it's, it's it's real love. It's, it's a paternal love uh, for his community, his school, uh, for those men, and um, understanding that it's going to be physical, it's going to be demanding. Uh, but at the end of that uh, process, you're going to come out of it a different human being. And so that's that's one of the reasons why he's able to go in and, and have such a, such a, a dramatic impact. I think he got there at the end of February, and um, it's been a, a definitely a different um, group of a different team than what they've been in the past. And even they, they're attacking it differently, I think they're – they're running the ball. They have two monster running backs. It's not the air show. It's not the fastest yeah. mess that we used to do and spread out. They still have that. They still do that. But um, being able to adapt and, and uh, revert back to his knobs and go into a, a two-back set and 21 personnel, two-back set, just do something that hasn't been traditional when you right. think of the uh, Booker offense uh, just shows you that, you know, he's not afraid to uh, be be unorthodox and but we're going to put those guys in the best position to, to be successful with a W at the end of the night. Last thing about your team itself is I want to talk a little bit about before we go about the, about your players, uh, but how much of that bl- blueprint you're talking about is on this team that you have here right now? I mean, we saw Demari Charlton have a great game the other night, a quarterback, you're able to run the football. Well, I mean, some other players that, that, that chipped in like Glenn Smith, Cameron Owens, Jaden Miller. And I'm, I'm not even talking you know, the defensive side of the ball, which did a great job to hold them, I think, to one score in that game. But uh, but how much of that have you brought to the team in that sense and and, and what that, that style that this team is, st- is starting to develop? I mean, what we did was really assess what we had and we tried to to, to really develop um, scheme and, and systems that f- feature their strengths. So and it just happened to mirror, um, you know, things that just the parallels are just crazy how the, how life works that we're one of the faster teams in the state, I think probably in the country, we just happened to, uh, when I got here, at, uh, Rick Monet, we did a great job before going to Texas. Uh, he ended up taking a job in Houston. And um, this is one of the fastest teams I've seen in a long time. And they were actually, um, half the team was in track at state while they were doing the spring game. Because spring is extended, as track season has extended now, if it's right. back a little later. And the main, yeah. I'm like, where are all the guys at? And there's, there's a ton of guys running at the state meet Either they're alternates or at the state meeting, including Charlton, had to make a decision: Am I the alternate on the four by four, or do I go be the starting quarterback in the spring in the spring game at, in Palm Beach, the, shop, the Palm Beach Showcase? And so, uh, just assessing the tape and, and evaluating them in through the summer, uh, it, our skill set is uh, we're we're as fast as any team you'll find, if not faster. And it's just a blessing to be a part of you know just just walking into that um, uh, environment where these young men are just. It, just great skill set, like you talk about Glenn, who's probably going to be the anchor of the uh, the track team, Glenn Smith the third, and you, t- you didn't even mention that Jaquan Reed is probably our highest rated, you know, three star athlete, multiple Division one offers, you know, a lot of Power Fives are circling around, um, you know, every day we're getting calls because he plays, he was the quarterback prior to starting corner and receiver, so played three ways. Now focusing primarily at you know kick re- several kick return to punt return return touchdowns, just an outrageous young man, his skill set. And you talk about Glenn Smith, probably one of the faster guys on the south end. 
then you add a, a Cameron Owen who comes in, a Jaden Miller who comes in, you know, both senior guys that, again, outrageously quick. And then you have several other, you have a, a Scott and the Clemens who are younger receivers, all track guys. Um, and then your secondary, you have an Alton Smith, a, J- a Jermaine Walton, all track guys. And so <laughs> you put all that track speed into your secondary, into your receiving core, and it does look very similar to what we, what we duplicated in past state championships at, 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 um, at Booker T. Washington. It just happened to be that mirroring. But I'm so proud of how they've, um, you know, taken their own um, ide- identity. And so we do, we do want to be balanced and have a great run game, but we can spread you out and, and run vertical with anybody and really challenge and stretch a defense. And, um, you know, and they, they, this is truly their own identity. And they worked hard all summer really fine-tuning it and, and gaining chemistry. I think Charlton has grown tremendously. His decision-making, I'm just so impressed with how he continues to evolve and grow. He's thrown – he's had 400-plus games, multiple touchdown games, and now the decision-making where there's no turnovers, there's no interceptions, no form. He's, he's not forcing. He knows when to slide out of bounds, clock management. His football IQ has just become really, really sharp, as sharp as anybody you'll see on any Friday night. Again, which makes us really, really special in the league. Coach, appreciate you joining us, man. I'm always, always pleasure. And we, you know, again, like we, I know we don't, we don't really root for one team or another. We're not supposed to, but I'm very happy that you're getting things done down there and that the results are starting to show. Thank you for joining us on Business Thank Monday you. too. Look good Absolutely. in the suit. With the, man, appreciate you guys. Appreciate you being back again. Good to see you back on the high school beat. I know, you know, you're you're a pro guy. You're big time now. But good to see some some guys. <laughs> not that big time, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but good to it's see not. guys showcasing South Florida. Like I said, I think our high school, there's just not enough spotlight on our kids and our programs. I think they get some, I, li- I listen to the uh, national media and they, they kind of uh, throw our, throw, 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 our, throw some mud on the names of, in, in the, in the coaches. Uh, it's not as acclaimed as other cities, other counties, other States, for whatever reason. And I know the quality, I know the time. Um, it may not be as refined. We may not have the facilities and the money and resources, uh, we may not all be all former, you know, NFL guys like other states. That's all they pick up. But I know the quality of knowledge, the time, the effort uh, put into the attention to the student athlete. It's it it, it, it pairs to comparison anywhere else. You know, I think other places may re- out resource it. They may throw more money at it. But as far as time, effort, knowledge. And gaining the most out of what they have in resource our South Florida coaches do a great job. And being that you're able to showcase that on a on a week to week basis, I appreciate you and your effort. Um, not enough thanks goes to you guys. Appreciate you. Well, thank you, Coach. And definitely, I can I can be a witness to that over 20 years now of witnessing and seeing. You know, I don't even see the half of it of what you guys do behind the scenes. But you know, it goes beyond football. So that's much appreciated and definitely uh, respected and admired. But again, Coach, thank you. And for those of you who want to catch the Spartans, they are playing Booker T, like we mentioned, on Friday at 3.30 at Travis Powell. Get there early. It's a, it's a Friday afternoon game before a pretty good one also after that between Columbus and Central. Nice doubleheader of football there for everybody. But thanks, Coach Senators, and uh, we'll, we'll speak to you soon. Andre, bless. Thank you. Yeah, and what perfect timing, David, to to talk with Coach. And, and he, he mentioned a lot about Ice being a mentor to him and how much he, he pretty much learned – from Ice Harris, uh, uh, basically how to coach and some of those things on and off the field. And this week, yeah. gets to face Ice Harris and Booker T. I mean, I, I, perfect symmetry on that one. Yeah, uh, it's a, a good uh, good pivot to GMAC coming up this week. Um, some some really fun games, sure. and, and that'll definitely be one of them. 
Yeah, for sure. I think that if, if people haven't seen the schedule, it's a doubleheader on Friday, as I mentioned before during uh, yeah. Pierre's interview. Uh, 3.30 at Traz, their game, Columbus Central. We'll talk more about that when we get to our pick segment. But right now, we want to do something we haven't done yet, and that's kind of take a big-picture look at how the regions are shaping up overall. In We're not going to go district by district necessarily, but we're going to kind of look at big picture where the champions in each district may end up, who some of the wild cards could be. We're going to go over Class 4M and Class 3M. And, David, if we look at so far looking at Class 4M, I mean, in four, in Region 4 so far, Palmetto's already locked up District 16. So we've got them. Columbus, pretty much, you know, no no, no offense to Goldman, but that's the one obstacle left for them to lock that one up. And then Western, kind of in the same boat. Cor- a Coral Glades victory gets them in as the district champion. The one competitive one is District 14, where West Broward still hasn't locked it up, but you would think they'd probably emerge at this point if they can beat Cooper City and Flanagan, who both are 2-6 and six and 1-6. and six. So those will be probably the top four. Where it gets interesting is then the wild card picture. Doral looks like probably the best bet to come out of that. But Cypress Bay still hanging in there. They're on the 500 mark. And then some surprises. Miami High, a little better than we thought, is maybe able to sneak in at a seven or eight. I think they're four and two right now. Had a win over Coral Gables. And then Frank Welsh and the job he's done turn, trying to turn around Coral Gables, they're kind of right there on the fringe of, of potentially – locking one up but when you look at class 4m there's that and then monarch just above in the region above they're gonna have to end up contending with a lot of palm beach teams potentially but they look like they're in the driver's seat at six and one to win district 12 and an old friend of ours up in district 11 who's now at lantana undefeated lantana santa lucis uh hector clavijo the former coach of champagnat that may be the team that monarch runs into but david it's pretty much shaping up from what we can tell kind of how we expected in class 4m as far as Western, Columbus, Palmetto. I mean, kind of a long shot if West Broward has any chance of, of, of knocking somebody off there. But those three, Palmetto coming off the the one and four start has kind of put themselves back in it. I think Western is the one team that when you look at them, you're kind of like, what what's up with them? They haven't really clicked on offense the way we thought they would. Yeah, they. I think coming into the year, like you said, those were the three teams that we looked at in 4M as – one of these three, there's a very good chance they're going to make the state championship and maybe win the whole thing. Um, Columbus, I think, has been a, a class above the rest so far. Um, but, yeah, those three are all talented. Western is, to me, and maybe it's because I haven't seen them in person yet this year, they're kind of the question mark to me, the wild card in this mix. Um, you know, Palmetto, obviously, getting on track. They can get their offense going a little bit. They have a, a first-year starter, a quarterback. Um if, if he and a sophomore, if, if he can keep improving, then maybe they have a, a shot to knock off Paul, or Columbus down the road. But Western's a wild card because Colin Hurst is one of the best quarterbacks in the entire state, was our Broward player of the year last year. I think he said they haven't clicked, but we know they have a lot of talent there. Adam Rakovich does a, uh, a great job with that program year in and year out. They're in the mix. Um, and we've seen, you know, they've played St. Thomas, Aquinas, but they haven't, you know, we haven't seen them go up against a team from really necessarily like the tier below, right? That like where Colum- where you might slot Columbus in. So they're a little bit of a mystery and, and presumably at some point, you know, we'll, we'll see them match up against one of these Dade County teams come playoff team, come playoff time. Yeah. And looking at the way it could bracket, I mean, we would assume right now Columbus is probably the one seed Western, assuming they don't trip up again. They have a good one coming up this week against Miramar, but that won't affect mm-hmm. them district wise. Right. Um, they, they could end up being maybe the two seed, which could create 
a great second round matchup between Palmetto and Western should they both advance in the first round, which looks yeah. likely. I mean, that, yeah. that right there, that's your clash right there, your first big clash in that grouping. Yeah, and then you, you mentioned Doral probably looking like the top wild card in there. You're potentially looking at a Columbus-Doral matchup yeah. in the second round, too. Um, right. Doral gets the five seed and goes up against um, the winner of the West Broward, Cooper City, Flanagan mix. And, and Doral, like you said, has probably been the most impressive of these wild card teams and probably the fourth most impressive team in that classification right now. Yeah, and and you know kudos for teams like Miami High too because they've they've, yep. they've had some struggles and to get just to get in the playoffs again is a big step for them. All right, now we're going to go to Class Three M where Southridge did did the damage the other day by by securing that district championship. They've now pushed Homestead into that wild card picture. It looks like they'll Homestead if they take care of business should probably still sneak in maybe as a five seed if if the power rankings end up doing it yeah. properly. Um, but when you look at a, a couple of surprises in these districts, too, I mean, Miramar, 6-1, and one, won't be affected by this Western game. Looks like they're in position to probably lock up theirs. But North Miami, no, nobody even really – I think if you're not even watching North Miami football, maybe Larry Bluestein is. Maybe Larry Bluestein might be the only one, you know, North Miami alum that noticed the 3-5 and five Pioneers won the games they had to, and they've already locked up a district championship. Mm-hmm. So they're looking at probably sneaking in as one of those – three, four seeds probably in that region. And then MacArthur, another team that I haven't seen yet in person as well, and I don't think you have either, is taking on is probably going to be they're in the driver's seat anyway, a big win over South Broward last week. And it's still in a position where they still need a few wins to to lock it up officially. But two teams again, kind of like Miami High and Coral Gables, where their programs have, you know, they they're trying to bounce back, get it in order. I know Gerald Cox, former Booker T assistant coach, is one that's trying to build it up at North Miami. I mean, you remember covering him in the past. I mean, he's done a pretty good job considering. Yeah, had a good had a good run at uh, Coconut Creek. Also, was Booker T's coach the last couple of years. Um, and you know, when when I decided to come back, it uh, it, it created a situation where he, you know, he's got a, there's, there's talent in North Miami. That team is in the playoffs uh, from time to time. Um, would not be surprising to me if he got them. Um, you know, it's going to be tough always to compete with the powerhouse powerhouses in Miami. But, you know, he's obviously got a really good reputation, has won at different various stops and been great as an assistant coach, knows the area well. Would not be surprised if he, he gets them to the point where they're a playoff team year in and year out. The thing with this region, too, is that you're looking at Southridge and Miramar potentially being the one and two. And then yeah. like we talked about Homestead as a five would potentially branch off and maybe face – let's say a MacArthur or a North Miami, but you may have a situation where North Miami takes on maybe a Belen who's still hanging yeah. around and has a couple of good wins on, uh, since they started slow, or maybe a South Broward or maybe even crop crop is another team that I can't really put my finger on them. one week. They look great one week. They don't, but it could be a situation where maybe a team like the pioneers might have a window of opportunity to maybe even get to the second round. If they, mm-hmm. if they end up in a, in a three, six matchup that they, play well and show up and win that type of a game. So a good step for their program, no doubt, in that region. And then above them, if you look in Region 3, that's the one where it's pretty much a Palm Beach-Broward split. One of the best stories of the season, I think, is developing in, in Pompano Beach. I think Blanche Ely coming off that 1-9 and nine season, they're 6-0. and oh, They're leading that district. All they need is a win over West Boca in a couple of weeks to lock that one up. What a turnaround they've been able to do over there at Ely this season. Yeah, uh, a big beneficiary, I would say, of uh, Deerfield Beach 
um, coaching change a lot. They wound up with a lot of kids from there. Former, a uh, former Deerfield assistant coach there too, uh, Michael Bailey. So uh, they've got, yeah, I mean, they've been a, uh, they've been, like you said, one of the, the best stories of the season. Looks like they have a chance to potentially be, uh, you know, and we, we talk about it sometimes that the public schools in Broward County have struggled to keep pace with um, the private schools there. Um, but they look like they could potentially be, a, you know, one of the, the next public schools to break through and, and be a, a competitive team. Yeah, I love the fact that this, you know, this adds some spice to the to the Soul Bowl because it's been, you know, it hasn't been that great the last couple of years for, for you know, for that rivalry with Dillard and them. And now it's looking like you're going to have Dillard, who we mentioned, and they are going to be the runner up now in District 11 behind St. Thomas. But they're going to at least have that one game right at the end of the season where Ely could be undefeated. He could, Ely, could, Ely could run in there 8-0 and and face a Dillard. And then who knows if certain if the seeds break a certain way, maybe they meet again in the playoffs. So it creates some some fun in that region for sure. And Aquinas, like we mentioned, pretty much has that District 11 locked up. Up north, it looks like it's a battle between Delray Atlantic and Dwyer, probably in that District 9 right above. And District 12 is another one of these, kind of like the ones we mentioned before. An interesting one because it's it's looking like Plantation, assuming they win the Mayor's Cup game next Monday against South Plantation, which they're probably going to be favored to, taking on a Piper team that has one of the better running games, from what I've been told, in, in Broward County and can, has been pretty competitive. It looks like they'll both be 2-0 and going into that game. So one of them wins the district. The other one maybe gets in the playoffs. So, again, Steve Davis and these guys. I saw them, unfortunately, they, they really – it got kind of out of hand against Dillard. They had the rain delay, and they really couldn't match up well. Christopher Johnson, you know, not even close as far as like how much more talented he looked like than everybody else on the field that night. But a game like this, something a little more where the Colonels can compete and maybe maybe even advance around in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, some you know a lot of good like you know teams that we don't talk a lot about on this show just because they're not necessarily state title contenders or nationally ranked teams, but there's a lot of like really solid teams in this region. Um, kind of the case a lot of time in Broward County where there are these teams that it's hard to, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to be in 3M where, you know, you're going to run into St. Thomas Aquinas potentially eventually. And, um, but yeah, you know, it's Fort Lauderdale, Plantation, Piper. These are all like real solid teams that, um, you know, I, everyone in the playoff there is going to be, you're not going to run into a, sometimes you run into a situation where uh, a not great team makes the playoffs just because of the way the districts line up. That's not going to be the case in this region. Yeah. I mean, we're not going to probably do our, our predictions yet on who comes out and gets the state. We'll leave that for in the future, but yeah. I mean, looking at the region, I mean, Aquinas, Dillard, will have, they'll probably, have, they could have a rematch, but if Ely and Dillard play before that in some, yeah, point, that'll be know, interesting. at some point, that'll be good. And then, like we talked about, I think still Southridge and Homestead could be headed for a showdown, a rematch. Yeah, that'll that's, be interesting that's to see. the rematch. I think that would be very fun to see. Yeah, and I, and I'd love for it to be with Townsend back at quarterback. So it's definitely right. you know both teams at full strength. Let's really see at that point if Southridge can beat them again, or if Homestead was just missing him because we saw what a difference a quarterback could definitely make at that point. And at this point in the show, we'd like to remind everybody about the high school polls that we've been running every week. Uh, where you get to vote on who you think the Dade and Broward Athletes of the Week will be. You can find those at MiamiHerald.com. Damari Charlton is one of the candidates this week. Uh, he's there along with uh, some non-football candidates uh, like Cutler Bay swimmer Olivia Dinehart. She was a champion in multiple events at the Belen Swim Meet this week. 
going back to football, here's a kid that we that really we haven't talked about a lot on this show yet, but we probably will as we get closer. Lamont Green Jr., FSU commit, longtime FSU commit, four Gulliver Prep, five sacks the other day against Benjamin in a 21-14 win. The Raiders, after that 0-3 starter, back now at 3-3, and building momentum toward potentially winning that district. That's another one we'll cover when we talk about 2M next week. But uh, Boots, as they call him, having a great season over there. And, you know, Palmetto volleyball player Haley Zambrano is another one. Coral Park bowler Luis Fernandez won the youth fair. On the Broward side, we put Christopher Johnson. He had three touchdowns, had a kickoff return, the opening kickoff, called back on a penalty. If not, he'd have four touchdowns in that game where they beat Plantation. Anthony Barbar, the quarterback at Westminster Academy. The Lions are 6-0. and We'll talk about them when we do 1M. But uh, the Lions having a great season. And speaking of other Lions, not all football is Chaminade. We have a volleyball player, Emma Golaski, who's, who's having a good year. They've had a turnaround year. And a couple of swim champions from the BCAA meet, Julianne McCraney, who was first team all Broward last year, and uh, and Mason Green of Taravella, up for grabs. So, so please vote. You can vote as many times as you want. It's free. It's not behind the paywall. Check it out at MiamiHerald.com. And now... We go to everyone's favorite, the pick segment, where we make our predictions for this coming week. Some good ones, like we mentioned before. Let's start with that Booker T. Southridge game, the rematch, three thirty, not rematch. I'm sorry, the the reunion. Who yes. Pierre actually Pierre actually said he goes, "It's not going to be a reunion, Dre. It's going to be a war. We're going to shake hands as friends, and then we're going to put that aside for about two and a half hours and compete our asses off." I mean, I, I, it's a good test for Southridge. I think they, you know, coming off what they were able to do last week. Booker T needs a bounce back, though, because they were handled pretty good by Northwestern. What do you think in this one? I like Booker T. I just think they're uh, – I think they've consistently been more impressive, right? Southridge, uh, obviously, huge win on Friday. Probably the most impressive win either team has so far this year. But at the same time, you know, Southridge 3-3, three and three, um, you know, lost to Doral in one of the craziest games of the year. Um, I, I think Booker T, uh, you know, just has – week in and week out been uh, a superior team to Southridge so far this year. But like you said, maybe Southridge has figured something out now and, and they're ready to take off. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're also the the competition level. Not not that Homestead's not a good, comp- a good opponent for them, but I think overall week to week, Booker T has been right. tested even more than Southridge has. And, and, and that's where I think the difference will be made. But it was interesting because Pierre also mentioned how He's kind of installed the same similar blueprint of Booker T at Southridge. A lot of speed, a lot of track guys, yep. and they may not be there yet, but you can already kind of see the building blocks of what they hope to accomplish down there. But this week, I think, yeah, I'm with you. I think the Tornadoes roll. And switching to Broward now, we're going to talk about that that Western Miramar matchup. It's not a district game, but it's two likely district champions, two teams that, that could make a little bit of a push in the postseason. Western, can they finally get their offense rolling? Miramar hasn't been beating world beaters lately. They have four straight wins against teams that, that with losing records, but they have only allowed seven points over the last four games. So it'll be an interesting test of a, a, a potentially explosive yet struggling offense against a defense that's played well but really hasn't seen the kind of offense they're going to see this week. What do you think, David? Uh, I like Western. I just think that offense has to get going at some point, right? And like you said, this is a really good opportunity for them to show that they should be in that um, mix with Columbus when we talk about teams that could potentially come out of 4M. they got to prove it. I, I just feel like it has to be coming eventually, right? Yeah, it has to. I mean, they, they're too talented not for it not to be, I, I, I got to think. I mean, 
the yeah. key of it is running the football. They have those two good running backs, and if they can get them going, I think they'll establish it quick, and then maybe they turn this game into a little less competitive than we think it's going to be. Um, but, yeah, I'm with you on the Wildcats. This is the one where I don't know if we're going to agree or not. Uh, I was pretty conflicted writing my column on it this week. Uh, Norland makes the trip down to Tropical Park to take on Palmetto in two very evenly matched teams, if you ask me. I mean, I, I'm i rolling with the Vikings only because of Ennio Yopor. I think the quarterback is the one thing that kind of tilts a little bit in their direction, but it could go either way because this is a team with a lot of good athletes and I'm, I'm not sure if you've seen Norland yet up close. I think maybe you have, but what do you think? I, I know you've not. seen plenty of Palmetto. Yeah, but you've seen plenty of Palmetto. Yeah, I'm excited I know to see this game this weekend. I'm excited to see this game this weekend because I haven't seen Norland. Uh, they burned me a couple weeks ago, and I picked them to beat Booker T. Um, I'll <laughs> go with Palmetto in this one. Uh, I think they uh, – I saw Palmetto a couple weeks ago against Edison. They, they look like they've figured some things out on offense. Um, kind of abandoned the run a little bit. Um, and have just, you know, they've got some really, really fast wide receivers, Robbie Washington, uh, Ja'Cory Barney. Um, and I, I think I, I like what I've seen from the quarterback just getting better as the years go on, gone on, Lucas Goanaga. Um, and then their defense is just really fast. Bobby Washington, uh, Willis McGahee, the fourth, those guys are terrors off the edge. And Gabe Hardman is one of the best middle linebackers in, in the area too. Those guys just come at you. Um, they're going to make it a defensive struggle. I think that's how Palmetto has to win games, but I'll, I'll go with them in this one. Yeah, Norland has to play to its identity too because I think that's what kind of yeah. messed them up against Booker T. They didn't run the football early on. They fell into a hole, and then they couldn't get out of it. So if they get Javin Simpkins, if they get Lemmy Falk and those guys to run and establish a little bit of that and then open up plays for any of your poor, that's why I think Norland maybe has the edge by a little bit, but it wouldn't surprise me, David, like you said, if Palmetto pulls it off because they, it seems like they've gotten their thing, their, their act together in those last couple of weeks and are on a roll now, you know, building momentum for the playoffs. And then the big one Friday night, GMAC championship game, Columbus and central. And, and here's where I, I wrote a, a little bit in the column this week, giving props to the GMAC for altering the formula from last year for this, because it was, it was bad last year having teams play three times and, and seeing the same games over and over. This this created this truly, you know, credit to them and the way they were able to create these north-south matchups. And we have a good one here. I mean, I, Central has been on another level. I mean, I don't, I don't know if Columbus can slow them down. They've had a good schedule. They, they, they've gotten through some good opponents, very balanced on offense, solid defense, talent with, with Capers and with Stevenson and, and Amir Foster back there. But I don't know. I, I'm not sure they can slow down the Central attack. What do you think? Yeah, I think they will keep it closer than a lot of people probably expect. I think a lot of people just assume that Central is going to roll over everyone they play from here on out. Um, but it's hard to pick against Central right now, as, even as much, even as impressive I think as Columbus has been all year long. Well, Columbus Columbus fans like to to give me a little uh, flack every time I pick against them historically, but I'm sorry, I have to do it this week because, like I said, Central deserves it. They're they're only behind Matter Day and St. Francis Academy right now in the polls, and there's a reason because they are they are that good, and I think yeah, they're going to they, show. They will it. have a real chance to. They'll have a real case as national champions if they get yeah. on the table and win a state title. Yeah, absolutely. And Columbus, and that, if they can win yeah. this game, then then they're going to be way up there in the national rankings too. So, oh, uh, they really will. good opportunity for them. Yeah. yeah, they will definitely skyrocket in the polls. But the other thing I don't like is Columbus has been a little bit turnover prone lately. They had the six against Homestead. And, you know, you can't even do close to that against this team. Well, they'll bury you quick. And I, I, like I, like you said, I think it is a maybe 
a one, two score game at most, uh, but Central does come out on top. Well, we thank everybody once again for joining us and we appreciate the support. Remember to check this show out at MiamiHerald.com and as well as vote on the polls. And you can find us every week. If, uh, the episodes post on Tuesday mornings at MiamiHerald.com and it's also available on YouTube. For David Wilson, I'm Andre Fernandez. Thanks again for joining us, everybody, and we'll see you next week.